0: You're listening to a message from Christian Life Ministries in Coventry, a dynamic, growing church in the heart of the nation. We pray that God will speak to you through this word and impact your life for his glory. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are never going to let us down. We thank you for the words of Romans 8:28, that promise that you work all things together for good. We thank you that you're working in the circumstances of our lives and we give you our worship and our praise. And we welcome you now as we turn to your words to come and to speak into our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. And thank you, AJ and Sarah and the band uh, for leading us so well again. Well, today we're staying with this idea of a miracle through our hands and if you want a title for today the title is uh what's available it's part three of a miracle through our hands what's available kids if you haven't got any pens or paper or crayons or something to draw with why don't you go and grab some now because i'm going to give you something to draw in just a moment Now, i'm sure you can imagine that if you were to do a google search of the words what's available you would get a breadth of results all sorts of things re- relating to health and education and COVID tests, financial support, cosmetic procedures. But what appeared more than once on the first page of search results surprised me, perhaps because it indicates the level of importance that we place on this as a society. When I Googled what's available, what came up was Aldi and Lidl, Middle Isles this Sunday. What's available? And it came up, Aldi and Lidl, Middle Isles, what's available this Sunday? that was the most frequent uh, search result. So, you know, you may find an incredible bargain there, but you're never quite sure what's going to be available because what's available changes. Of course, some of you are running businesses or working in businesses that require raw materials. And you know that in the last six months, there are materials that used to be easily available that at times haven't been available any more problems if you like in the supply chain so much has changed and what is available has changed and it isn't just true of supply chains for business or manufacturing but it's also true on a personal level perhaps you find that you don't have the same energy levels available as you used to or perhaps with changes to how you can socialize or what you can go and do you find yourself more available or with more available time the point is availability changes and so i bring us the question today what's available and we're going to come back to the feeding of the 5000 where we were with martin 2 weeks ago this is the only miracle that jesus performed that is present in all four of the gospels and martin took us to Luke's account and helped us to see the perspective of the disciples, the journey that Jesus was taking them on as he was teaching them to allow miracles to come through their hands. He took them from faith to faith. He took them from the few to the many and from the improbable to the impossible. But the accounts in Matthew and Mark and John they give us some slightly different perspectives which add to the fullness of the picture. And I'm gonna draw some observations today from Matthew and Mark. But if you come with me, we're gonna read the account from John's gospel. So this is John chapter six, uh, beginning at verse one. Sometime after this, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the sea of Galilee and a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the signs he had performed by healing the sick. Then Jesus went up on a mountainside and sat down with his disciples. The Jewish Passover festival was near. And when Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming towards him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked this only to test him for he already had in mind what he was gonna do. Philip answered him, it would take more than half a year's wages to buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother spoke up, here is a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish, but how far will they go among so many? Jesus said, have the people sit down. There's plenty of grass in that place and they sat down about 5,000 men were there. Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. And when they'd all had enough to eat, he said to the disciples, gather the pieces that are left over, let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled 12 baskets with the pieces of the five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. After the people saw the sign Jesus performed, they began to say, surely this is the prophet who is to come into the world. Jesus, knowing that they intended to come and make him king by force, withdrew again to a mountain by himself. Well, kids, I would love for you to draw uh, some loaves, uh, some bread, some fish, maybe cut them out. And if there's any other things that you like to have or would like to have in your lunchbox, why not have a go at drawing them and cutting them out too while I'm talking. Now, all of us, we we probably know this story, not least because we read it two weeks ago. We know the ending, we know what happens. But today I want to draw just some simple observations uh, about Jesus and about the boy, which I think can speak to us in this season as we try and take stock of where we're up to, as we prepare for this year's vision offering, and as we seek to move forward as an expression of the Church of Jesus Christ, through whom God is outworking his purposes in the earth here and now, as we heard last week. So, three simple observations today. And first up, we're going to focus on Jesus. And my first observation is this it is always time for compassion. It's always time for compassion. Compassion is a feeling of deep sympathy and sorrow for another who is stricken by misfortune, accompanied by a strong desire to alleviate the suffering. Now, Matthew and Mark's gospels give us some critical context and information about what had happened just before this miracle of feeding the 5,000 takes place. In Matthew 14 and Mark 6, if you read it, immediately before this unfolds, Jesus receives some devastating news. John the Baptist had been violently killed by Herod. Now, John was related to Jesus, some sort of cousin. He was family. More than that, John had been the one, the first one to recognize who Jesus was, to affirm him as Messiah, as he said, see, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. John understood who Jesus was. And Jesus, whenever he speaks of John, speaks with great respect for him. And now he had been killed. And this wouldn't just have been difficult for Jesus because of a sense of personal loss, although I'm sure at some level that was true. But Jesus, he knew why he had come to the earth. He knew the kind of death that he was going to die. In chapter eight, just a couple of chapters after this account gets unfolded in Mark 6, Jesus is there explaining it to his disciples that he's gonna to go to the cross. And although it wasn't about to happen to Jesus right then, I'm sure the death of John the Baptist, the news of what had happened at the hands of wicked men must have brought it home so powerfully to Jesus, must have thrown it into such sharp relief. What awaited him, what he was walking into and how difficult that must have been for Jesus in the fullness of his humanity to deal with. And Matthew's account of the feeding of the 5,000 begins with the words, when Jesus heard what happened, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. He needed a little space. Matthew's choice of words make it pretty emphatic. He withdrew privately to a solitary place. He needed some time out, he needed some time in prayer with the Father. But as we read in all the gospels, a crowd followed him, a great crowd followed. And we're told that Jesus remarkably had compassion on them. Mark adds, because they were sheep without a shepherd. In the midst of this dark and difficult moment for Jesus, when he'd carved out some space Yet when the people follow him, he has compassion on them. He was concerned for their need and for their suffering. You know, for us in these challenging times of COVID, we can find ourselves up against it in different ways for different ones of us. We're not facing quite what Jesus was facing, but maybe still we have our own emotions, our own responses, our own needs that need processing. For most of us, this is not the best time for people to show up with their need. None of us are looking for a needy crowd right now. It perhaps doesn't feel like the best time for us to be considering the needs of the city. And yet, if we look at the example of Jesus, of how he responds in such a difficult moment, he responded with compassion, irrespective of the inconvenience or the other demands were on him and he demonstrates for us it is always time for compassion matthew mark john they all tell us that once jesus had healed the crowd and fed the crowd he headed off again to be alone he did take the time that he needed he did look after himself he took the time to be alone with the father in prayer but it didn't supersede his compassion it is always Time for compassion. John's gospel is the only one that tells us about the boy in this story and the boy's role. Now given that a boy in Jewish culture became a man aged 12, this must have been a young man under the age of 12. So if you're tuning in right now and you're under the age of 12, then maybe this boy was a little bit like you. And I want us to think about this boy and the part he plays and the next two observations that I'm gonna bring. For some of us, this is a very familiar story. We've heard it uh, even just two weeks ago and we know where the story is going. And so in our minds, we often rush ahead to the end of the story because we know what happens. But I want us just to slow down a little bit and consider what it was like to be amongst the crowd that day. Thousands of people. I know it's a long time since any of us have been anywhere where there's been thousands of people, but just imagine it if you can. There were people in every direction. Wherever you looked, there were people. Maybe the boy couldn't even see very far. It depends how much he'd grown, how tall he was. All afternoon, it seemed Jesus had been healing people. I don't know if the boy had a good view or if he could just hear, maybe gasps, maybe, I don't know how the people were responding, but this is what was going on. But as evening was drawing near, there was a need for food and Jesus was well aware of it. People were getting hungry. Maybe there were little ones in the crowd beginning to cry and to moan in the way that they do if you haven't given them tea by a certain time. But Jesus, John tells us, already had in mind what he was gonna do. And he asks Philip, where should we buy bread for all these people to eat? You know, when Jesus asks a question, uh, it's never because he doesn't actually know the answer. Often it's because he's drawing us into something that he's doing. And this is no exception. And Philip getting drawn into what Jesus is on with answers the question. Even half a year's wages wouldn't buy enough bread for everyone to have just one bite. And then Andrew chimes in. He says, here's a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. But how far will they go among so many? You see, what the boy brought was not nearly enough to feed the people. Half a year's wages wouldn't be enough. As if to accentuate the inadequacy of what the boy was bringing, Andrew uh, accentuates how small they were. Andrew says, it's five small loaves, two small fish. And how far will that go among so many? It wasn't enough. And so here is my second observation today, that what we bring to God doesn't need to be enough. It doesn't need to be enough. I know we can consider the needs of our city, maybe the city where you live. We can look at the problems, we can look at the challenges, we can look at ourselves and what we have in our hands and we can think, that is not enough. What difference could that make? Andrew might point out how small it is and that it's not enough among so many and so much need. But Jesus doesn't need us to bring enough. He makes it enough. This is what he does when he works a miracle through our hands. And as we come close to Vision Sunday this year, we're inviting you as we have done each year for the last four years to do something very simple. It's to ask the Lord what he would like you to pledge to bring over the next 12 months, and then we invite you to do what he asks you to do. And for many of us, we may look at what's in our hands and look at the need and think it's not enough. We can wonder what difference will that make, but Jesus makes what is not enough to be enough. This is how we have journeyed from a 1.8 million pound debt to being within reach of debt free. Our pitiful poverty gets transformed into the sufficiency of the Saviour, as Pastor Dom once said. It's the little that we bring in obedience that makes way for a miracle through our hands. It doesn't need to be enough. My third observation today is that Jesus uses what is made available. Not necessarily the best or the biggest, he just uses what's been made available. And as I think about that crowd on that day around Jesus, a hungry crowd, I don't think that the boy that we hear about was the only person there who had food. Sure, most of them didn't, many of them didn't. There was so much need that food needed to be provided, but I'm sure some others in a crowd of thousands would have come prepared. Some others would have had some bread, some fish, maybe some olives, I don't know. How was it that this boy came to give his food to one of the disciples and yet no one else seemed to? I wonder if there were others there who'd come prepared and perhaps they were thinking as the time marched on that day, maybe they were thinking everyone else is going to have to go soon. They're going to need to go and get food. And maybe at that point, we'll get a little bit closer to the front. Maybe we'll get a bit closer to the action and get to see much closer what Jesus does because we've come prepared. I don't know. Maybe they thought they were gonna be part of the exclusive after party because they would thought ahead and they were maybe just waiting for others to leave. None of that is in the Bible. That's just my musings as I try and think about what was going on that day. But I think there must have been numbers of people there who brought some food. They could have had a part in the miracle that took place, but they kept hold of their food. So I can't help but wonder what was it about the boy? What made him bring the little, the not enough that he had an offer it up? Was it that he was sat sufficiently close to the disciples and he heard the conversation? Or was he out of earshot, but watching and sensitive to what was unfolding? Had he just spent an afternoon watching miraculous healings and thought, I'm gonna put this in Jesus' hands and see what he does with this. Perhaps he was anticipating something unbelievable. Or maybe did he just want to give what he had in his hands to the one he'd come to see? Was it an act of worship? A response to being close to the Son of God? John suggests that many that afternoon, after the miraculous meal, recognized that Jesus was the prophet, capital P, who was to come into the world, the Messiah, the one sent from God, and they wanted to make him king. They wanted more from him. And maybe this boy, as he watched Jesus, perhaps he also perceived he was a king and brought the only thing that he had in worship as an offering. All that he had, he made it available. And then he was part of a miracle that took place. I do think there were other people there that day with food, but Jesus used this boy's loaves and fishes because Jesus use, uses what is made available. It doesn't have to be enough. Jesus makes it enough. It just needs to be available. And Jesus uses time and again what is made available. What's available? What's in your hand? What are you willing for God to use? Can he speak to you about a vision offering? Can he use you to bless your neighbour? Can he use you to encourage a stranger? What's available? Friends, the church is not on pause. God is not on pause. He is compassionate and kind and merciful and he's calling us as a church to be the same, and to reach others and there is no... Plan B. A couple of weeks ago, I met up with a friend of mine from Nottingham, she's called Joy, and she told me a story that had unfolded because she'd been available. There's a Christian GP in her church who'd got in touch with her because another GP in that practice who wasn't a Christian had a patient called Dorothy who'd been discharged home from hospital to receive palliative care, to be kept as comfortable as possible because the doctors in the hospital had concluded they could do nothing further for her. Really, she needed some surgery, but she wasn't stable enough to undergo it. And she was discharged home on an end-of-life care pathway. she'd asked her GP if there was someone who could pray with her. And the GP, not having an answer for that, went to the Christian GP in the practice and relayed the the request. And the Christian GP phoned my friend, Joy. And it turned out the lady lived very close and Joy was willing to go and pray with a lady who was coming to the end of her life. She made herself available. And she went to visit the lady. She found her in a hospital bed in the front room of her house, wired up to various drips and tubes and a morphine syringe and all the medical stuff that goes with that kind of package. And the lady clearly had some knowledge of Jesus. And she said something about wanting healing prayer. But she said, I'd love it if you would pray with me. My friend told me, she said, when I heard her say something about healing prayer, I knew I wasn't there for that. That wasn't what I'd been asked for. And I didn't have faith for that, but I just prayed that Jesus would be with her. My friend Joy went back a few times and then one day went in to find a number of the tubes had been removed and Dorothy was feeling quite a lot better. And in fact, she continued from that point to get better and better to be able to get herself out of bed and continue to recover and in fact was healed. And I asked my friend if I could share this story and she said, well, it might not be very helpful because I didn't pray for her to be healed. I didn't even have faith for her to be healed. That's what I love about this story. My friend Joy acted in compassion and what she brought wasn't enough. The need was overwhelming. She just made herself available jesus used what was made available he made what was not enough enough and a lady has been healed and is well and is finding a family among the church it's always time for compassion it it doesn't need to be enough what we bring and jesus will use what we make available to work a miracle through our hands so a simple but challenging question today, what's available? What is your response to Jesus today? In spite of the challenges of the season, or maybe especially because of the challenges of the season, I believe Jesus is poised to work a miracle through our hands. Miracles through our hands. Yep, a financial miracle of becoming debt-free from a mountain of debt that looked impossible, but also miracles of salvation, of healing, of breakthrough in lives across our city, your city, where you live as we make ourselves available. And I invite you today to respond to Jesus. Will you make yourself available? In answer to this question, what's available? Will you say, here I am. And I invite you right where you are to stand, to bring a response. To him and to show that you're available to god boys and girls perhaps you could bring the things that you've been making and drawing and cutting out and bring them as if an offering to jesus maybe put them on the floor or in front of the screen and let's pray lord jesus thank you for your compassion you are able to take what we make available and use it to work a miracle through our hands Thank you that you already have in mind ways to bless and to reach those around us through us. Stir our hearts to be compassionate. Help us to reach out to others and help us to bring the little we have to make it available to you that you might use it and work a miracle through our hands. Work in us and through us, we pray. Amen.